0: Hey everyone, just a reminder that we are recording remotely while we're quarantined. Uh, So the sound might be slightly compromised, but hopefully not too bad. Enjoy. Welcome to Feminists Without Mystique, a podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting firehose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week, we begin by venting about the news, go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we'll end with something hopeful. And just a reminder, if you're enjoying us, to rate and review and subscribe and tell your friends about us. Uh, and um, yeah, it really helps. It really helps. Uh, so,
1: yes, yes love us love us love us yes here we are february 2nd your birthday happy birthday <laughs> woo, 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 woo. officially in your 30s <laughs> in
0: my 30s i am one in 30 Yes. <laughs> Living the dream. Living the dream. Oh my gosh. Huh. How are we doing this week? How
1: are we doing this week? <laughs> I don't know. I've just been kind of a little just been doing just honestly working and sleeping and trying to be healthy and you know, nothing exciting. Yeah. Not an exciting week,
0: which is
1: fine. I'll take, (laughs) I'll take boring, productive and healthy over exciting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I agree. I think I've been like trying to stay a little bit away from the news just because, you know, just giving a little teensy break to myself after all, like, you know, Everything that's happened and now that there's such a push and pull about the filibuster and, you know, Republicans calling for unity and no accountability. And it looks like we're going to have to waste time on an impeachment hearing, even though uh, in the Senate, he's not going to they're not going to actually vote to impeach him in the Senate um, or vote to convict him, at least. Um, And. It's just exhausting. And all of the news that's come out about Marjorie Taylor Greene, which, by the way, I would like mm. to say we have both spoken about at length. And it was we talked about it before she got elected. These we have had many Marjorie Taylor Greene we see use. Um, this woman is a real danger. Um, it's really, really awful and toxic that she's um, permitted to be in Congress. And it's a problem, I think, that we'll talk about uh, next that. There are so many um senators who oh, sorry uh congress men and women there are a couple of senators but in congress it seems like the vast majority of members are uh happily just tying themselves to trumpism um and openly advocating for violence and the insurrection and uh it just is really depressing as, as kind of the days wear on. And it feels like kind of like AOC said in her Instagram live, which we'll get to um, that there's this push for everyone to just get over it and that it wasn't a big deal. And, you know, it's, it's frustrating that that government is so broken, which feels like an understatement, but that we aren't going to be able to hold the people in power accountable who actually stoked the insurrection. You know, a lot of these people who actually stormed the Capitol are going to be at least convicted of like unlawful entry or like, yeah, some sort of like some sort of crime, depending on the level of their level of involvement, but that the people who like incited the violence, the people who have participated for years at this point point in stoking all of these like conspiracy theories, these, and, and this, and uh, providing all this fodder for violent behavior going to be able to get away with it it's just it's just I think sowing more seeds of discontent and probably violence and it does make me really nervous and frustrated and depressed
1: (laughs) yeah having these people you know it just seems like as much as we've had these victories like biden is elected it's also like these people these trumpists these the types of people who storm the capitol like their visibility is growing still Mm-hmm. You know, we have them elected, we have people who are elected, you know, siding with them or using kind of good people on both sides rhetoric about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, like, like what happened with AOC, she, she did this Instagram live where she talked about her experience when the Capitol was being stormed. And like, it is a big deal. People died. Um, And she talked about how terrified for her life she was Um and kind of went, went into some detail. I think it was like an hour and a half. Um mm-hmm about her experience and, and running and hiding and thinking she was gonna die several times. She ended up hiding in uh, Katie Porter's office. Um, and she spoke about the fact that she had been sexually assaulted before and the idea that um, trauma compounds on mm-hmm. itself um, and relayed the her Republican colleagues uh, trying to minimize what happened to abusers um, and the tactics of abusers, which she did not want to experience again. Um, yeah. And so I'm sure it was not easy for her to do that, but I appreciated it. Um, yeah. Her really explaining why this matters to human. I mean, of course, the thing is, the people that need to hear it the most, even if they hear it, aren't really going to hear it. But Hmm. But I always, I always enjoy her, uh, her honesty and, and the way she shares her experiences. Yeah, me too.
0: It was a really, I think if you haven't watched it already, um, I, you know, highly recommend just checking it out. It's, uh, she posted it to her Instagram, the full thing. Um, it's pretty harrowing. It's, it's, uh, it is not, I mean, it, it should it just shouldn't be taken lightly for so many reasons, but if there are people in Congress who were literally hunted down and people who were in her office screaming, where is she, where is she? And her feeling like, you know, the Capitol police, first of all, didn't give her an actual location for their, for the the safe safety location or the extraction point. So she, as she was running, she was realized he didn't give her all the information she needed and that he was really aggressive. So, It didn't feel like he was actually like a a point of safety or, you know, uh, um, and that was after people had stormed into her office and she was hiding in her, you know, behind a door trying to be, as she said, like the most quiet she's ever been in her life. Um, And when she went to Katie Porter's office, she was in such a different state, like trying to find opening all the closets, trying to find a place to hide, whereas Katie Porter, who was just in a different part of the building, didn't realize how dangerous, what what danger was happening and um, yeah, and she it was just, and how Katie Porter had to help her find like um gym clothes from one of her staffers bags. Basically, they were just like foraging around trying to figure out a way for AOC to look less like herself and escape yeah. more quickly. And she talked about wearing heels and how she was like, I knew I shouldn't have worn heels today because I can't run. Um, and Katie Porter making a comment about like, I'm a mom. We got this like our moms. We moms have everything in this office. We could hide here forever. And um, AOC saying, I hope I live long enough to be a mom. Like just things that yeah. you are thinking about about when you're really feeling like your life is actually actively in danger
1: yeah and she spoke about how she thought she yeah thought she was dying and that it would be okay and that she fulfilled her purpose and like just really like deeply emotional things that happen when you think that you are um literally dying uh and she spoke to to a good point i think when she said that she was happy to work with republicans on the issue and on this issue where there's common ground but you almost had me murdered three weeks ago so you can sit this one out she said to ted cruz on twitter yeah happy to work with almost any other gop that aren't trying to get me killed just kind of speaking to the <laughs> the people in power who are yeah not getting it <laughs> willfully right. not getting it
0: yeah and it was so interesting i mean i i it's just complicated. Uh, I remember when I saw her dunk on Ted Cruz in that way, and there was a second where I had seen he was, he had agreed with her on something and I was like, Oh, Ted Cruz agrees with AOC. That's great. You know, on some GameStop related <laughs> fuckery. Um, And then she came back with that dunk and I was like, I mean, she has every fair point, but then there is a part of me that's like conditioned because of like, Ooh, working together and like bipartisanship that I was like, Ooh, like that is coming in hot when he said he agreed with her. And then, and then just, I was just re-reminded, you know, like, I mean, I don't feel bad for Ted Cruz at all, but it was just a moment where there was a teensy part of me that was kind of like, yikes, um, that like. That is an uncompromising <laughs> fuck you, um, yeah. <laughs> which he totally deserved. And then just when she her um, I'm glad that she got on Instagram live and, and expanded on her experience because she didn't have to do that. You know, it's very I think that it seems like a very private moment of of or, or a few hours of pain and suffering um, as a public servant that she didn't need to share with us. But I think it is important because it plays in it. it it contributes to a larger conversation about why this this violent insurrection is so scary and why it's specifically scary for people who are already marginalized and in the minority in Congress. Like there are no black women of color or black women in the Senate. There's at this point, now that Kamala Harris has left, there's, you know, again, dramatic minority of women of color in Congress and that these insurrectionists were going and they did have the intent to find specific offices. I think Hakeem Jeffries also spoke about how they were, they knew where his office was and it didn't have a marking on it. You know, there's, and it, like, there were specific members of Congress. So, um, you know, not to lose sight of the, of the the danger of all of this. And I think a few people on Twitter also made the point that um, Harvey Milk was actually assassinated or murdered by an a, um a public servant, like a member of, I think the, uh, it was like a congressman in California or something. He, it was a, it was like an elected public official. Um, yeah. so it was just a, it was an, I think a, a good reminder. It's like people, uh, there's a lot of violence out there and, um, this is not overreacting. And it was a huge dereliction of duty on the part of the Capitol police and the Sergeant of arms and, and, um, you know there were a lot of people that contributed to this breakdown, but, um, yeah. So, um, it's something that really needs to be taken, just taken, taken way more seriously than it, than it has been. And, and it worries me kind of in, I have like a nagging long-term anxiety that like, this is not the end of this, you know, and Yeah,
1: like, I do, like, it's not over.
0: Yeah. And I worry for people like AOC and I worry for the future of, um, people in progressive politics who do have this, um, courage to run for office. It feels like it actually, it's always, I think, courageous to be a public servant, but in this moment, it feels like a really scary thing to do.
1: Knows, to AOC.
0: We We love her. We do. Sending her hugs. Not that she needs our hugs. Sending her hugs. <laughs> Sending her like all the good vibes and the just like I don't know. Take our vibes, AOC. Take our good vibes. Take our
1: vibes. Our vibes
0: and our hoogs.
1: <laughs> our hoogs and our verbs. <laughs> All right. Now for the entree. Yeah. <laughs> babies. Oh, man. Yeah. People aren't wanting to have them so much right right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> despite that one weird NBC thing that was like, ah. Okay. Yeah. COVID. People are watching Netflix and fucking and making babies probably. And it's like, no, actually... Uh the studies are, the results are in. <laughs> yeah. They actually uh,
0: no. People
1: are not. Birth rates are down, as are pregnancy-related Google searches. Um and people a lot of women are delaying pregnancy because of COVID. Um, it says 34% of American women are delaying pregnancy because of COVID. And then when you filter out Uh, by race Black women are 44% and Hispanic women 48% more likely than white women to state that because of the pandemic they wanted to have children later or wanted fewer children um, because of I mean just the burden of of the pandemic Mm -hmm. um, what it's meant financially um, with the gender pay gap and all of that jazz to what i think it means in our everyday lives like i don't know about you but it's like i'm not the horniest i've ever been during this time of my life you know it's it's not i I would in fact categorize it
0: as a record low
1: (laughs) yeah it's like I'm i'm a pretty you know i wish there was what's a better word than horny um Anyway, I'm a pretty excitable? Randy, excitable. <laughs> it's all just sounding worse and worse. I know. I'm a pretty uh, excitable gal anyway. Uh, but no, it's definitely like, uh, it's not It's not the time where I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling like fucking all the time. You know, it's just like kind of a depressing existence in a lot of ways. And it's like I'm wearing just like I wear the same robe every day I think yeah yeah <laughs> um you know stretchy pants all the time it's yeah like you said record record lows
0: <laughs> yeah it's not great it's I and I do think like actually at some point I was talking to my therapist too about just feeling like just feeling weird about how uh low libido or like just low, just, I mean, it's, it's sort of, it makes perfect sense, but then when you kind of apply it to your own personal life, you feel like something is wrong with you or like you're like, what is, yeah, what is wrong? And it's like, well, actually there are a lot of things wrong in your in everyone's personal environments. Like you're not getting out and moving enough and you know, people aren't like getting new experiences there's no distance from partners really um and there's no uh there's just nothing new happening it's n- like nothing new or stimulating in your environment i think like it's just a very uh it's a tough environment to feel like attractive and like, Ooh, like like, playful and
1: like, (laughs) 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 Ooh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, even like constructing a situation in which everything feels like sexy or like nice, like a nice, like date night still feels at this point in the pandemic, like (sighs) contrived. Um, yeah
1: like, it will what be doing where are we <laughs> it's one
0: thing if you like I think in in the before times when we would make like the decision to have an in night a romantic mm-hmm. evening in it would be like part of the excitement <laughs> even would yeah. be like we're not going anywhere and we like have this whole space that we can that like with nowhere to go and now it's and and I don't know but the flip side of that when there's like only the space and the space is the workspace, the sleep space, the relaxing space, the sexy space, the every, the exercise space, you know, this small confinement of an apartment or a home, even, um, I will say like, yeah, it's just, I, I am envious. I'm envious of homes. I'm envious of like, I, here's the thing that I mean, I know I've said on this podcast before, but I, this is part of what is stifling is not having any space outside of your Apartment, which you know, especially I mean, we and I'm sure most people don't have apartments with balconies or like private space that you can be outside and be, you know, and so so not wear your mask. I mean, it is uh, just so oppressive to have to as soon as you're leaving your apartment, even in the within the building, to have your mask on and like you're outside, you have your mask on and in Seattle walking around, you have to have your mask on because people will yell at you. Um, and it it is like, even if you're, even if you're six feet away or you're in the street or you're, you're in a park away from everyone, like it is not worth it. Even if like the, even if the governor's orders say you don't have to, you know, if you're away from people like more than six feet, um, you don't have to wear a mask. It's just like not worth it. I know that in a lot of places it's fine and people don't freak out, but um, here right now in Seattle, it's, it's um, people are pretty um, militant about it. Um, So anyway, so it's, this is just a space where like, there's no room for like but the old governor's orders say, you know, it's like masked up at all times. And that's fine. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Like, but it just, it, it does, it just, it erodes your spirit. Um, so houses yay back at least it's I mean it's still everyone's space I'm sure you expand to fit that space and then you're like this is I need more space but
1: I am no it's better having more space (laughs) I mean it sucks moving out of Seattle because it's like even though we can't go anywhere it's like I can't get takeout from like anywhere but like a chain restaurant unless I want to go more than you know want to go a distance but it's really nice having um like yard outdoor space yeah. for sure. Um, Gertie the dog loves it. Yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> it's, it's, It is, it is nice. Um, but you know, we still have to finish the, um, not like putting anything together but like decor and like standing a wall and painting and all that stuff you know to like homify it so it still is kind of like a project which doesn't feel like you know soups cozy all the time but it's like some rooms do feel you know it's like some rooms feel cozy some rooms i still have boxes it's just like a
0: yeah it's a thing (laughs) that that makes sense that it would be that it would yeah I don't I mean
1: what do we like how are we feeling how are we gonna feel sexy for (laughs) yeah for the babes and it's like for me it's like I thought of you know it's like we were planning to start like the baby the baby process yeah but You know, then it was like, oh, well, I had like all these events due to the fact that like the pandemic was happening and like putting off things, certain milestones I wanted to reach before we did that Mm -hmm. and then got there. And then it's like, oh, well, I'm getting vaccinated because I'm like, you know, going into outbreaks and whatnot um so we should probably wait until after that it's just like things keep pushing and then it's like well even when we do start that i'll be nervous that like oh there'll be a variant that the vaccine isn't as effective or isn't effective against and then right. i'll be pregnant and get covid and it like um But at the same time, it's, like, I don't think, I don't know, like, if in my childbearing years there'll ever be a time where it's, like, we all feel, like, totally at peace with, like, the world that we'd be bringing children into. So it's, like, uh, yeah. It's almost, like, I guess now's as good a time or as bad a time as any. um, Yeah. Because, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Right. It's, It's hard when you have a a biological um clock
0: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah ticking, ticking about but yeah it's like a lot of people don't have you know have lost jobs so and wouldn't be able to you know afford another child and what that entails you know daycare potentially down the line and things like that so not a, it's not a great time not a great time
0: <laughs> yeah I It seems like, right, as it becomes more and more expensive to have kids and it's like the price of having like one child just keeps going up and and the cost of college keeps going up. Like, who knows if that bubble will ever burst, like hopefully at some point. Um, But it's a really expensive world to have kids to even have a baby, um, without healthcare. Um, the loss of jobs is like a whole thing that disproportionately affects, affects women. And even if, even with the job, um, like people having jobs, uh, women are still doing more, much more of the housework and all of the like emotional and physical labor around the house. Um, and the disproportionate effect on women of color is sort of staggering, and then the fact that we still live in a country that has the worst maternal mortality rate in, like, kind of the developed, you know, developed world, um, all makes it just scary. Like, I, I do fear for like <laughs> my health, of health of my friends, like. Uh, You know, and we are, you know, white women, so it's maternal mortality is, is bad here, but it's not as bad for us as, you know, it's four times more dangerous or the, um, for black women. Um, but all of this happening when we know that we have a Supreme court that is poised to continue to erode women's reproductive health and possibly overturn Roe v. Wade, um, and just keep restricting contraceptives. It's a very, it's just like, what the fuck have we become? I mean, I I I definitely have have had issues just thinking like, I don't know, I don't know if I wanna like bring kids, you know, into this world. It's certainly something that's come up a lot, especially when Kavanaugh was confirmed. And then with Amy Coney Barrett and with, if there was going to be another Trump term, you know, and I still think ahead to four, you know, in four years, like Uh, what is going to happen with Biden? And like, you know, it's, it's really hard not to think ahead like that and just think like, this is a moment where, you know, we are all you, me, and like our friends, our friend groups, our family, you know, like it's, 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 you know we're thinking a lot about financial security and family building family planning and like life planning like how do you create and maintain a sustainable um like a sustainable economic future for yourself for your kids for your you and your partner and what is that going to look like in the next 5 year 3 years 5 years 10 years and i I just feel like I I could not tell you and I like a lot of that has to do with different like personal questions of like what coast will I even end up on or whatever but I I I really feel that we are in I don't know it just feels like perilous times for the whole um the whole of our country it's really because people just aren't really too, like so tuned into the issues that we're all that we're trying to comprehend and trying to work through. And then the Pete, the loudest voices get the loudest, ugliest, most ignorant voices get amplified. And then they become the whole story. And I, it, it, it feels like an absolutely overwhelming time <laughs> to figure yourself and your shit out. And then to kind of plan for bringing like humans into the world. It's just a really, which I want to do too. It's like, I want that. And I would, and I, it's hard that the, you know, the biological clock is starting to kind of be like,
1: Hey, hey you.
0: this is the decade. And I think, the, I think that's the thing about last year we're turning 30 and this like 31. It's like, okay. You know, like you just have this little like pss, buzzing in your ear. That's like, this is the decade that you have to actually do that. And it's kind of, and I, it's just like, Oh my God, go away, go away. Or, like, get out, you, out of here. You it's little boys. Yeah, like, it's a <laughs> pandemic, and don't you see what this world is? Like, fuck out of here. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, it's, it's, <sighs> it's very scary because it's like, I mean, you never know what'll happen next, but right now, especially, it's like, you don't know what's going to happen with, like, maybe it'll all work out and vaccination rollouts will continue and none of the variants will cause any big issues and we'll get back to like normal yeah oh that's possible or what if it mutates into something that like is fatal and like everyone and then we all die you know it's just like who knows Um, knows? so then it's like when (laughs) when there's so many big question marks on like at every level of like life it's hard to plan to bring like a whole new human into it you know, cause it's like, I don't know what I'm bringing you into, but I feel compelled to bring you here. So I'm going to. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. But well, and you've got to be able, everyone has to be able to like make decisions that are going to, it's your life, you know, to enhance your life. Like,
1: I just don't want to be that parent bringing my kid on the Titanic, you know, I'm being below deck and the water starts rising. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> telling them their good night stories and or like Cersei poisoning Tommen or about to poison the little lamb yeah and, um, oh my god <laughs> anyway <I'm> not, <laughs> I yeah. don't want I don't want to end up in this like apocalyptic world which you probably won't but it's just like uh,
0: I know I mean all this would very, be bad enough if we we didn't have like the looming terrors of global warming like hanging over. Yeah, heads. there's
1: that too. <laughs> there really is that too. There is that too. <laughs> That's pretty Ever present. Um, but, but I want to, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> They'll fix it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just really something that um, people need to consider, especially conservatives in this moment. It's like, if you really want to, it's not even incentivizing women to have kids. It's really about just providing basic social services and like a basic support system that's government funded so that women will feel comfortable having kids and feel like they're supported. I mean, there is um, no, there's no support for women after they have children. There's all the shame, guilting and bullshit of like childbearing and like the responsibilities of women to have kids. And then in the postpartum sort of phase and then like all through, I mean, obviously like as soon as you have a child, as soon as it pops out of your womb, there is no support. There's no support. Um, Like, you'd be lucky if you get a generous maternity paternity leave. But, you know, for a country that claims and for a party that is usually in power for the reasons of gerrymandering and like disproportionate representation in the Senate um, and the Supreme Court, (laughs) um, for that party who claims to be pro-life and pro-family, but then turning their backs on people on the lives of people who like the lives of women and their children, as soon as they actually have the child and the child is a living, breathing thing in the world that needs access to healthcare and education and like, you know, different social services. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really like their entire, the entire argument of being a party of family and life is exposed to be complete bullshit. And that continues to be true. That continues to be this like gaslit situation that we're living in that makes me just, you know, enraged. Like, you expect women to bear this burden um, without... You know, without even without and, and while mocking the way that other countries do it, the way that, um, you know, different European countries provide care and different countries in South America. I mean, mocking a government funded more like extended maternity leave and, you um, just basic basic healthcare situations. So it's it's really it is like when you think about kind of like what <laughs> like there's so much rhetoric rhetoric about like what the country is founded on and like these founding principles and um you know what what type of a country we are. And um it's like this is I mean you can tell them you know what a country is by how we treat the most vulnerable, which we've said before and but also you know and how you how you how you treat Children, how you treat women and how you treat babies, like you know, and uh, how do you view like family planning and um, postpartum support? You know, like we're not. This country is not set up for people to succeed, for people to even like live a life in pursuit of happiness. Generally, and I think if I think what's so scary about bringing kids into the world too is just feeling like. We're. it feels like we're moving further and further away from those like ideals of letting people live in pursuit of happiness, like letting people pursue happiness and goal, like, and, and, and have an, an upward mobility, which is so hard for people now. Um, uh, what was, oh, I was reading, <clears> hmm. <throat> this uh book that Trevor Noah actually like his book Born a Crime oh, I meant I want to read that. It's really good. It's like it's really fascinating. It makes me really want to get back into, you know, watching more than just like the clips of the Daily Show that I see sometimes. Like um he has a really fascinating life story, but he was he was sort of saying like you know, teach, teach a man to fish, uh, you know, instead of like, give a man a fish, he can eat for a day, teach a man to fish. He can eat for a, you know, for his life, but you can't teach a man to fish and then be like, also like you have no access to a fishing pole. Um, and that's kind of a thing that I thought, you know, it's like, that's a good way to put it. It's like, this country's like, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, but you know, no bootstraps. There are no bootstraps. You know,
1: there's yeah. You don't have boots.
0: You gotta like just pull yourself using like your muscles and your stomach. I don't know. Like no fishing. No fishing pole for the for teaching a man to fish. I mean, then you actually can't fish, or it's much harder. So that's kind of I don't know. I thought that was like well. Said. That is a
1: good way to put it. Kind of butchered a it. great. But. Yeah. Pull yourself up by your stomach. By your stomach muscles, <laughs> your abs. <laughs> i love it no that is a great that's a great way to put it um it's it's always a hard decision to make and now i think it's particularly hard um because it's and yeah there's some so much depression anxiety and like you said this lack of support it's it's a hard time to make the choice to do to bring life forth (laughs) yeah but it's also
0: like that's also noble and very noble noble, like and like and something that has to I mean I don't know what I mean we what is the absence of like bringing children to the world you know that's that's incredibly sad that's yeah that feels that feels like surrendering to hopelessness just like broadly um yeah (laughs) you know it's not it's not like I mean, I think any, I think, I think the good thing is hopefully that I just what, what always needs to happen again. Oh my gosh. Just like the bedrock idea is like just that women, if you want to have kids, you should be able to have kids. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to have kids, you should be able to not have kids and it should just be able to be a normal healthcare decision. And I think that like, as long as we're all able to freely make the intentional decision to have kids um, to have like every child that you have, it should be one that you actually like, you know, you're like, okay, yeah. Like, you know, like, I'll do this, (laughs) I'll do this, you know? Um, And it's, it's certainly, it's just really sad that this is, it feels like it's collectively sending women just so far back, having to monitor zoom meetings, zoom classrooms, hold a job, you know, just a lot and something that we talked about before, but this is all before even getting to the, the huge uptick in domestic violence um, and intimate partner violence that's happening. And that's really hard to kind of measure at this point, but is nevertheless
1: um, sort of a beast. It's like, you know, a Super Bowl Sunday coming up, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Paying a lot of attention this year. That always spikes it too, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and trafficking is up, <laughs> like, um, sex trafficking. Again, like, for a bunch of people who care about QAnon, like, think that QAnon conspiracies include, like, um, sex trafficking. It's like there's actually a lot of sex trafficking. If that's a topic that you care about, um, you could actually you could read up and there's a lot of sex there is a lot of sex trafficking going on. And the Super Bowl is one of the I think it's the height every every year, I mean maybe this year with the pandemic it's different. But in addition to there being a lot of violence um against women that weekend, it's also Usually at the weekend where there's the most um women and girls trafficked, um, at least in the United States. Um, which is, you know, weren't we at, where were we? Oh, we were in Atlanta, the Atlanta airport in 2019. This was not near the Super Bowl, but do you remember the like trafficking announcement that was like when we were on the tram or whatever the you know, going somewhere? And it was like if you, you know beware like there's like if you see uh if you see that it was kind of like if you see something say something and yeah drug traffic i mean sex trafficking is a huge problem and alert the authorities if you see something suspicious or so you know i don't yeah. know
1: which i was glad we to sh- hear yeah we should all we should all do such <laughs> do yeah such things but it's hard when these things are happening the pandemic because it's like <sighs> you know with child abuse too it's like these things are happening but there aren't the normal reporters aren't seeing it you know mm-hmm. um, so just i guess be vigilant yeah out there but any other beautiful points on the um the question of uh child creation in the age of covid no,
0: I think it's, you know, just a, just something we wanted to kind of mark a moment that we wanted to mark as we round about a year in uh, in the pandemic. And I think it's it's good to just sort of acknowledge that this is sort of this is a big conversation. The Cut has a um, series called All Work, No Pay, um, <clears throat> talking about women in the uh, women and how they're dealing with women. Um, women, you know, losing their jobs and child care and child rearing, lots of, lots of things. So it's worth checking out there too. Um, and I think this whole topic got started because what was the article? I'll just refer you, refer people if I can, if I can find. oh yeah. Um, the The article was called The Pandemic is Breaking Women and Now We Have to Have Babies Go to Hell. <laughs> um, and the author is, oh gosh, it's like, well, on Substack, it, it's L-Y-Z, Liz, and her series is Men Yell at Me. So I don't know what her last name is. Sorry, guys. I, you know. Liz. <laughs> but L-Y-Z and the Substack is Men Yell at Me. <laughs> Love it. Cute. And now for, we see you.
1: Okay. um, I mean, it's like, I feel like last week there were, or every week it feels like there's violence against people of color that we're talking about because it's happening way more often than we're talking about and there was an instance this past week where a nine-year-old girl nine-year-old black girl was pepper sprayed by police um they i mean not that any of anything else matters like nine-year-old pepper sprayed by police is all that matters um yeah but they're responding there was an intimate partner violence situation at the household um involving her parents and and she was having an, you know, emotional mental crisis. Um, all that happened was she kicked one of the officers, um, and they said, "You're acting like a child." And she said, "I am a child," oh. which um, is <laughs> uh, quite a quite a thing for her to have to say. Yeah, um, and just goes with the with the fact that so often um black children are treated as adults and as suspicious and as predators when they're just children mm-hmm. um and this is one example of that and they threatened they said that they were going to pepper spray her and then did and it's sad because she had actually requested a, a woman a police officer to, mm. felt safer and that's who ended up coming in and threatening her as and and all that um And so it's just, I mean, we keep reading about these things, hearing about these things as they happen all the fucking time. And, you know, there's not going to be some overnight change. I think we all need to do the things that we can in our lives and challenge ourselves to always be doing more, um, you know, for civil rights, for progress, to speak out against racism, to act out, to donate if you can. Mm -hmm. Um, Because these things keep happening, keep happening. And it's like, we need... (laughs) not like there are a few rotten apples like you know gotta gotta do better gotta define the police do a do things differently because we can't it can't be commonplace for black children to be um pepper sprayed or tased or body slammed by police it's um fucking it's it's insane like can you imagine if these were like little white children what how insane people would be going and it's just yeah it's so hypocritical it's so it's so unfair it's so unjust and so many people have to live their lives with the knowledge that you know this could happen to them or, or their family and it's, it's ridiculous and we see you we see you it's
0: It's totally ridiculous. And you know what? (laughs) Places like CNN, in terms of their reporting, like they had today um, an article, three Rochester police officers are removed from patrol after incident involving nine-year-old girl.
1: Like. Incident.
0: mm, Like. No, Uh, Erin Ryan uh, on Twitter pointed out, and she said it well. This is absolute garbage passive framing at CNN, and happens all the time. Um, You know, it didn't involve a nine-year-old girl. The incident was that the cops pepper sprayed a nine-year-old girl. The police did this to a child. Like, we don't need to give them protection that is not warranted. Just, I mean, just the passivity. You know, it's you don't have to do it that way. You could just there is a way to report what happened with you know and maybe the facts of the case
1: make it seem bad for police which they should you know pepper spray a nine-year-old <sighs> oh yeah and she was handcuffed right was pepper spray and oh she is the size God. of a nine-year-old <laughs>
0: oh my gosh yeah
1: <sighs> you know it was clear it was just like i'm uh, pissed and i'm racist and i'm abusive and i'm going to do this to this child like yeah. No no need for it. Yeah. Not yeah. there ever could be for a 9-year-old.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, well, we see you. Um, my uh we see you is to uh, there's this article written by Max Hastings in um Bloomberg. American universities declare war on military history. Uh, academics seem to have forgotten that the best way to avoid conflict is to study it. Um it just seems like a really poorly written piece that actually contradicts like within the piece um, in terms of uh, military history not being taught. Um, There's this like pugnacious headline, which is like American universities declare war on military history. Yeah. I mean, war on military history, just kind of the same as like war on Christmas, which is like it's not happening. It's only, it's just being diversified. You know, military mm. history. I thought this one guy on Twitter, let me pull it up. He said it really well. He said, quote, military history is only in decline if you, like the author um, and experts in this obnoxious piece, see the subject as a narrowly defined white dude oriented guns and bayonets approach. The field is a thousand percent better off with today's diversity of topics and historians. So, yeah, it just is kind of a we see you to, and I look, I enjoy, um, I. I think military history is fascinating. I also just think history broadly is really interesting and studying wars and political, the political movements of different countries. Or even if you're just relegating, you know, or or narrowing to the United States, it's all fascinating, but it's interconnected. And um, I think thinking about military history as something that is basically just like, um, you know the hist- like specific histories of the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, and um, you know the Vietnam War. It's like a, a pretty narrow way to view um, military history, basically. And um, I think the best way to avoid conflicts is not only to study military history, but to study like. Broadly, the history of nations, the history, you know, United States history, which we seem to just for, we blink and forget um, international conflicts and international trap tra- travesties like um, different genocides. Um, the best way to avoid that is to study it. And I don't think um, and there's it's been pointed out in different places on Twitter, basically like military history, political history is a uh, it's thriving. It's just diversified. So this feels like kind of a, a uh just a bit of a euphemism for like a like white male history is kind of dying. Like the specific histories that I want to focus on are being Wait. taught like in a, you know, they're being taught from different perspectives. They're being taught in different ways. Um and, you know, anyway, I, I just, I, I, suppose also in this moment, I saw this piece and was just like, you're, are we really doing this? You know, are we really having a conversation about military history, like being under assault and under assault by whom? And for like, what yeah. reason, you know, it's just, um, I don't know this guy, it's a pretty long article. It's like, oh, you really you really took the time to, um, victimize, I guess, like traditional military history courses at universities, which is like, oof, that's niche. And, um, I don't know. You just sound fun. Yeah. You sound like (laughs) a fun guy. You sound like the guy at the bar. That's like, you know, wearing a suit and like mansplaining I everything, don't know, just <laughs> e- truly everything. So you're and you know, maybe you're a libertarian. I'm just going to throw that in there, too.
1: Maybe maybe. Just maybe.
0: anyway, we see you. what a dumb article
1: <laughs> uh, scene. So Megan McCain is Ugh. she is upset that Marjorie Taylor Greene's a Republican. Of course. Um, but instead of like looking within and reflecting and reflecting within her party and wondering what led us here what led to this fringe feeling like they should call themselves Republicans and be Mm -hmm. Republicans you know Um, She blames the mainstream media. (laughs) Uh, Of course. uh, Because she says the mainstream media continues to come out and say that Republicans are all birthers and crazy people and they believe in space lasers. Um, And she says that that makes the more traditional Republicans, and there's still a lot of them in this country, go back into their corners. Um, And I mean... If you are a quote unquote traditional Republican and you're upset about people like this in quote unquote your party, then you would think you would not go into your corner, but that you'd speak out against it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but a, a lot of Republicans, that's weird. They haven't really spoken out against it. In fact, like we were talking about, they've kind of like spoken for it.
0: <laughs> so bizarre. How bizarre.
1: Yeah, and then it's like, he also, even Mitch McConnell came in and said that um, she was, like, well, she he referred to loony lies and conspiracy theories being cancer for the Republican Party in the country, um, yeah. which, again, like, they're acting like she is this anomaly that those people are these anomalies she is the natural progression the natural outcome of their bullshit Mm -hmm. you know like they're picking and choosing what to believe practicing dishonesty distorting truths uh, being hypocritical all the time you know it's just like those Mm -hmm. kind of evolve or devolve into this complete refutal of facts and this you know, deification of awful man and all of these things. So, um, great. If, you know, I think, uh, I think that the problem is not the mainstream media, <laughs> not the mainstream <laughs> I think, media. I think the problem is, uh, the Republican Party itself and humans and white people broadly and,
0: uh, <laughs> yeah
1: that's what i'd say so we see you
0: god we see you she just is getting worse and worse it's
1: hot takes i know and now she's got her daughter liberty little baby liberty the little baby human named liberty (laughs) liberty mccain that's a bummer (laughs) <laughs> just picture like explosions and eagles. Wow. Oh uh, wow. Wow.
0: wow. <laughs> I feel more patriotic just hearing the name. Just yeah. kidding.
1: And no shade to the baby. For the record, I'm not shading a baby.
0: <laughs> no, just the name.
1: Let the record show.
0: Yeah. Um okay. Well, my my other we see you, because of course we duplicated the uh cop pepper spring the Child, uh, yeah, we
1: both thought that was noteworthy, yeah. We
0: both were like, hmm. So, um, my the last we see you would be, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's really a one two punch. It's Merrick Gar, it's Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell, um, for essentially Lindsey Graham, uh, chairs the du- Judiciary Committee still because the uh because mitch mcconnell hasn't like passed the resolution the continuing resolution to uh allow democrats to take control which is like a completely insane thing that is uh i don't know i don't know why it's allowed i don't know you know again it's it's sort of a thing that um only because mitch mcconnell's in power are we facing this like disgusting level of obstruction all while um, the GOP is like crying out for unity and bipartisanship, all while obstructing Merrick Garland. And like, where does you know, doesn't that sound familiar? Like getting. Mm. Yeah, just uh, yeah. This poor man (laughs) like, you know, he was robbed of a Supreme Court seat and now he's just like waiting on Republicans again to just relinquish the power that they already should have relinquished in terms of, um, uh, the rules and the business, like the rules and business. I mean, the, but anyway, so technically Lindsey Graham is still the chair of the Senate judiciary committee, um, because of this bullshit. Um, and he's refusing to have, to, to hold a hearing for Merrick Garland. Um, And it's just really disgusting. It's really disgusting. There's no reason. And I mean, if Chuck Schumer had, you know, the balls that I wish he did, um, he would say, you know, if you if you abstract Merrick Garland's nomination for one more day, one more day you have 24 hours, um, if 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 this hasn't been taken up, we are getting rid of the filibuster because this goes to show just yet again. I mean, there's a mountain of evidence that that we're not um, that there is no bipartisan Spirit of bipartisanship. I mean, even the that COVID relief bill. Like when the t- the ten Democrat ten Republicans who met with Biden and were like, "Here's our counteroffer," and it was a third of the COVID package that actually needs to be passed. And it's just like, no, that's that's unacceptable. And that's like you you can't get concessions when you're when you yourself aren't even conceding what you legally need to concede. I mean, I I am just disgusted as usual by the lows of Mitch McConnell and, and Lindsey Graham, but this is just so frustrating. And it's like, I can't wait for Merrick Garland. I mean, at some point, Merrick Garland will get appoint, appointed attorney general. It's just a matter of how long Lindsey Graham's going to like poop his pants and refuse to give up power, the power that he legally doesn't have anymore. Um, and I just, I'm, I'm just disgusted. Like I, I, Like, there is no unity. There is no bipartisanship. And it's because this shit keeps happening. Mitch McConnell's perfectly fine, just continuing to obstruct a reasonable appointee, um, cabinet appointment of Biden's. So just we see you again to Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell. My God, you guys are tired.
1: (laughs) Trash, trash, trash. We'll round it out with um, Stacy Griffith, who is a uh, celebrity soul cycle instructor. Oh my God. Soul cycle to the stars. Um, She got her COVID vaccine by misrepresenting herself um, in New York City, where teachers, you know, who teach children, school teachers are considered (laughs) a priority group um, because they teach children again Mm -hmm. who need to be learning you know children who need to go to school are being taught by teachers yeah and then we've got stacy griffith who is a soul cycle soul cycle instructor and she said that she's an educator so she should get it too like you know teaching adults in like 40 dollar classes yeah um And there were, like, pictures, like, she was, like, in, you know, the Hamptons or something, teaching classes about masks and all kinds of things. Um, And it's just, like, people like this who are abusing the system are it's just the worst of humanity and she she did actually apologize after her followers came for her which was good good she took down she took down the post she originally made where she was bragging about getting the vaccine um but there are people trying to gain the system or cut the line and the reason that some people are higher up on the list is because some people are at higher risk and pretending right. to be one of those people it's just like very fucked up ethically um yeah So just like, wait, your turn, wait, your turn, your turn was determined based on your risk. So yeah,
0: just stay home, stay home, just continue to do what everyone else has to do. Yeah. You're not special.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Even if you want to go to soul soul cycle. Um,
0: (laughs) yeah, so educator that's disgusting she's an educator oh my god
1: okay (laughs) so we see you to stacy oh my god we see you (laughs) We see you but on the flip side good thing um Mm -hmm. there was a in portland there was a bunch of snow and a what did you have what oh i thought i was like wait do you have you don't have another you were gonna do another we see you right you just said no, no, no. no. Oh, I'm, okay. out of, I'm fresh out of WC's Good, <laughs> good, good thing. Time <laughs> we're done. We're done raging. Yeah, um, yeah. So in Portland, a uh, bunch of bunch of snow. A a car full of full of uh, public health uh, officials, nurses, and whatnot who had the vaccine. Um, they get stuck in it and in the snowstorm, and they aren't going to make it to where they were going. And they have all these vaccine doses, so they went car to car and distributed hundreds. Of doses and um they did, it was legal they had all the like consent forms and stuff that were going to go to those other people they just had these people sign them um and there was you know another example that i saw recently of a similar thing at a hospital when refrigeration broke so it's you know on the flip side of people trying to like cut the line all this stuff it's nice to see people um really taking efforts to make sure that the that this doesn't go to waste um yeah how important it is so yeah you know the girls Absolutely. just sat in the car but instead they were out there in the snow you know yeah. quick thinking and and helping out so we love we love to see it we um, do we love to see some, some good public health work don't yes, we yes <laughs> we do
0: we love it
1: yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah everyone enjoy um, your week and having or not having babies however you decided <laughs> to go
0: yeah yeah whatever you choose or whatever your thought process is right now is valid
1: it's valid and i hope you feel sexy in your quarantine life (laughs) yeah oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) xoxo bye bye